here. And, and every time I do it, I regret it because everything I read on my teams and what I'm looking for in, in you know, the ACC and SEC, I, I already know it already. You know, maybe there's yeah. a new name on an offensive guard, but those things are just so bland. And, and then, you know, remember that show we did a couple of weeks ago where this assistant coach says anonymously this particular quote about this particular team, and it's all crap in my estimation. I just, you know, when Phil Steele's magazine comes out, I, I know Phil, and, and so maybe I'm a little biased here. We've had him on the show, uh, you know, right. I don't know, three of the last four years, and he's always been great to us. His magazine is a little wordy, and there's a lot of stats in there, but if you need to know something, you can kind of whip that bad boy out, and, and there it is. You can find it rather quickly. And he gives you some predictions and, and different things, surprise units, surprise teams. And sometimes they're on, sometimes they're not, just like the rest of us. I consume that one. Ben, I'm on the beach at some point in June and July, and I'm reading that. I'm saying, okay, this is what he's saying about this. This conference poised to do that. ACC better than people are thinking. Clemson's got a chance to repeat or not. That's the one I look forward to and that I'll put some stock in because that guy works on it year-round. Now, you love him, hate him, agree with him, disagree with him. I don't know anybody that puts more into a single publication than that guy with that Phil Steele preseason preview, you know, deal that he does. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, his is more than just opinion. It's it's a nice reference guide to things. We it's like an all. We normally have one here in the studio. If you need to get a hold of something quickly, there's normally one in here where you can you know flip to that page or that team with Lindy's and Athlons and some of the others. I always picture like a fifth grade class going and the teacher going. All right, students. Today's pro, today's is we uh, today's assignment is we're breaking down Southern myths. <laughs> this will be page seventy three in our upcoming yeah. Boy, preview yeah. publication. Boys, you do the offense. Girls, you do the defense. And uh, you guys can go to recess when you get that written up. What's another one of these? Uh, Street and Smiths. Yeah. I, I think is the. I, I really I don't I don't buy them anymore. I, I don't. So you're better than that. I'm just. I'm not going to buy something that I. I don't have. I know it's going to stink before I ever open it. Right. So no, I don't. I don't even know where they find the people to write in these magazines. Do you take like a local beat writer and he does a capsule and you pay him two hundred fifty bucks and then you put put it all together and, yeah. and that's how you do it. I, you know. I don't know that there's a lot of value in that anymore. When I can pick all of that up for free at SB Nation or one of the recruiting sites that, that's out there. I mean, that that whole business model, I think, is beginning to change somewhat. It's all your millennial faults. That's, you know, seem to be changing. I mean, I've read stories, too, with millennials. They're, they're now blaming millennials for the downfall of Applebee's or Buffalo Wild Wings because nobody goes to those restaurants anymore. Or TGI Fridays. Like, I don't know if that's the case or not. They're probably just not going because the food sucks. Another story yeah, for another. Or story. that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's bland. One or the other. Like Lindy's Magazine, like trying to read this garbage. But I think Phil's Magazine comes out this month. And, uh, you know, I'll check into that. And so during this dark territory, I think this is kind of what a lot of us do. If you listen to the station, if you listen to the show, that's kind of probably what you're thinking about over the next couple of weeks. A, when can I take my vacation? B, where am I going? C, when we get there, how can I get away from everybody? To get a little downtime, a little alone time, so I can preview the upcoming season. I'm kind of thinking like that right now. The ACC Media Days is, is July 13th and 14th, so it's barely a month away. Holy crap. Yeah, 
And then I don't know when wow. Coach Sweeney's golf tournament is going to be. I think it should be after that this year. It, it which is, it's it'll have to be right after that because, you know, the week before camp starts, they're normally tucked away somewhere as a staff. Uh, they get family vacations in there uh, at some point, so I don't I don't know when all that, but it's it's just it's not that far. I mean, it, it's really not. I'm to be honest with you, I'm not complaining about it right now. I'm good right now. You're good. I'm good. So you need some more downtime before we actually cross that bridge. I'm good. Yeah, I, I want to be hungry for it again. Right. Uh, I'm kind know. of I'm getting there. I mean, 87 days out, and I'm kind of getting there right now. I'm getting a little antsy. I'm looking around. Teams visiting uh, Clemson team anyway visiting the white house next week so they're they're together they've got uh you know things going the the voluntary workouts going on summer sessions going on right uh, coach swain's got a huge camp next week well that's all actually kind of proce- prospects coming in right that's actually a, a good starting point to continue what i was well trying to get to i guess but the timeline i'm trying that, to distract you from the nba <laughs> right right i know but it's coming it's coming dang it <laughs> The timeline starting right now basically goes like this. Ben referenced the White House visit, which I believe comes up uh, on June 12th, so in about a week. Team goes up there, Dabo and Donald in the same room. I, I, I don't even know what those conversations would be like. Team goes there for that trip. You'll have the freshmen reporting later this summer as they go through generally the second summer workout season. Uh, the team's already getting after it. You've seen some of those videos posted on the uh, official school social media accounts and, and I think at ClemsonTigers.com as well where, you know, some of those are starting to, to kind of trickle out. Uh, the Dabo summertime camps, a linchpin in the Tigers' recruiting efforts, obviously, in the last, oh, seven or eight years. Uh, I don't know that there's a a program in the country this side of Bama that's figured that whole process out uh, better than, than what they've done here recently. So you got the summertime camps. They're expecting a truckload of elite prospects, led, of course, by the great one himself, Trevor Lawrence. Um, I imagine he's going to be there kind of tossing the pill around, and I don't know if Xavier Thomas is coming, but there's going to be some other five stars on campus. And then once you get there and you get past the second summer workouts, the uh, SEC Media Days, ACC Football Kickoff, the Dabo Golf Tournament. And by the time you get there, everybody's already foaming at the mouth. You can feel it in the air. You cut the grass, it smells like Death Valley. Wait a second. Let's go watch some football. Yes. And then preseason camp generally starts in uh, early August, that first week around the 3rd or the 4th. And then it's here. So uh, in the span of 60 days, practice begins. So you don't have a ton of time to waste and to relax before you got to start working on the tailgating menu and uh, what life is going to be like there in week two when Auburn comes to town. It'll be here before you know it. 654-7627, our phone number. Uh, Thomas and Anderson joins us next. Thomas, good afternoon. How you doing, Roy? Very well. Good topic you just brought up uh, about the camps. Coach Sweeney was not a fan of how the uh, staff used to put together from high school coaches who were not able to participate. Yeah. How is he overcoming that? I know he thought, uh, mentioned that the players with their schedule would – Probably try to help out, but do you have any more insight on that? And can you give me any insight on Zamir White, where his recruiting's going? And I'll listen to you online. All right, Thomas, appreciate the phone call. Uh, most indications as of last check that uh, White should be going to Georgia. Uh, those waters may be muddied a little bit right now. I still think that's probably how it goes. Actually, talked with Dean Leggy about a week ago, 
to the day about that possibility. And that seemed to be his thought process as of seven days ago. So I think Zamir White ends up at Georgia. You'd love to sign him here, elite running back. I think you've got a need at that position right now. Uh, but I think he probably ends up at Georgia. As far as the high school coaches, this is one of the things I mentioned. How far ago, how long ago was this? I guess it was three years ago. Charlie Strong took over at Texas. And a lot of people are excited about his arrival. I was as well. I, I follow all the programs in Texas uh, rather closely. Lived out in Dallas for a couple of years. And I've been out there quite a bit calling games the last couple of seasons as well in multiple sports. And the one thing I picked up on one day just in Texas, I don't remember where it was. This was right after Charlie Strong was hired. He's getting ready to do their summertime camps. And typically the way Mac Brown had done it for all those years, uh, he would staff it with high school coaches from around the state. And that would kind of, you know, feed the beast down right. in Austin. Uh, if you have high school coaches running your camps, you build relationships with those coaches, they get prospects, they let the Texas staff know about it, and then it just all kind of feeds itself. You know, they make some pocket change along the way in running those camps too. But, I mean, it's, it's a really good way to build a recruiting pipeline. And Matt Brown was great at that down in Austin, right? We all know that. Right. You, you kind of, in a way, you're recruiting those coaches uh, the same way you're recruiting a player. You'll sell them, sell them on the, uh, get them sold on your university. Right. And, and so, you know, a lot of coaches do this. It, it's not something that was exclusive to, uh, to UT, but Charlie Strong comes in and immediately gets rid of that, uh, that concept and, and brings in his former players to run the camps. And so right out of the gate, and this is something that we talked about on this show as it happened right out of the gate. I said that, that strong was going to be at a disadvantage because those relationships with all those coaches had been strained because he brought in his former players to run their camps. Now that wasn't his total undoing, but I don't think that helped matters at Texas. And of course he's no longer there. Actually he's at a place where I think he can win and win big at USF. Charlie Strong in the state of Florida has so many recruiting ties by himself. I think that's going to work out very well as he replaces Willie Taggart, who's now at Oregon. So the NCAA has stepped in, going back to Thomas's original thought, and said, well, we're not going to allow high school coaches to run the camps anymore working under the collegiate coaches. And so a lot of people are upset about this, including Dabo. Mm -hmm. I believe that doesn't actually happen until next year. I, maybe I'm wrong. I thought that was the case where they put this rule in place but they're going to allow you to do it this year. I'll double-check that. We'll triple-check that. I would imagine Coach Sweeney looks at former players now and in any other way he can try to you know circumvent those rules, try to find a loophole to bring in coaches that can help, that he feels comfortable with. Uh, what that is, I'm not exactly sure. I haven't heard just yet. But, Thomas, it's, it's an issue. It's an issue, and that's something I think a lot of universities uh, that recruit well are having to contend with at this point. And I don't know if there's a lot of solutions out there to try to keep it going with the same kind of mojo. In recruiting, you're looking for any kind of advantage you can find. And then as long as it's legal, you continue, you know, to pursue those opportunities. I'm more on this coming up. Third hour continues, 654-7627, 654-ROAR if you want to talk with us and back with more after this. As a patient of the Surgery Center at Pelham, you will feel right at home. I'm Dr. Frank Armacita, orthopedic surgeon with the Surgery Center at Pelham. I grew up in Clemson, 
I graduated from Clemson, and my family and I proudly call the Upstate our home. Our outpatient joint replacement program is a game changer for orthopedics, and it transforms your experience with us as a patient. You will be walking out the very same day. The Surgery Center at Pelham, online at newkneereplacement.com. Ride Cat Bus June 15th for National Dump the Pump Day. That's when public transit systems all over America join together and encourage us all to save money. Ride Cat Bus and take advantage of fare-free public transit service. Dump the Pump June 15th with Cat Bus, serving Clemson, Seneca, Central, and Pendleton. For information on Cat Bus and their free GPS app, go to www.catbus.com. Did you know that there are dozens of job openings for entry-level software developers in Greenville? Even if you don't have any experience, you can be trained to be ready for one of those jobs in just 12 weeks at the Iron Yard. Visit theironyard.com slash Greenville or call 864-605-3976. Palmetto Paints is now open at 802A South Batesville Road at Thornblade Commons. Put their 32 years of experience to work for you. Whether you're a contractor or do-it-yourselfer, Palmetto Paints has the advice and products to master any painting project. Need accessories or custom color match? Palmetto Paints can recommend the right tools and match your colors. They will even come to your job site and offer helpful advice. Call Palmetto Paints at 469-7358 or stop by at Thornblade Commons across from Zaxby's. Geico presents a voicemail from your friend Bicycle. Uh, <laughs> hello, it's, it's, it's your bike here. So, about last night, sorry, I kind of just ran off with that bike thief. I just want you to know it's not anything you did. And, and I'm not trying to make excuses here, but I do have wheels. They roll. Anyway, hope you're insured. I'll see your stolen grill says, hey. When your stuff runs off, it doesn't pay you back. Luckily, the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting coverage a snap. Visit GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Looking for delicious and innovative food in downtown Clemson? The Blue Heron Restaurant and Sushi Bar is the answer. Fresh house-cut steaks and seafood and free-range poultry are just a few of the menu items that define the Blue Heron. And specials like Monday's Pizza and a Pint build your own four-topping pizza for $9. The finest steaks and fresh seafood at the Blue Heron, College Avenue, Clemson. Visit our website at blueheronfood.com. Life insurance. You know you need it, but do you have enough? 85% of U.S. consumers agree they need it, but only 44% of United States households have individual life insurance, an all-time low. When asked why they didn't have life insurance, many said, nobody asked me about it. Well, make no mistake, I'm asking you today. Maybe it's because the process can be difficult. Maybe it's because the process can be frustrating. But as an independent insurance broker, we have all the best plans and rates. Life insurance is not for the people who die. It's for the people who live. Life insurance helps us protect what matters most, our family. Call us today to get a free quote, 467-8738. I'm Guy, the insurance guy, and what we do is simple. We make life insurance easier. Roy Philpott on WCCP. I think I got it, but just in case, tell me the whole thing again. I wasn't listening. And now, back to Roy and Ben on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. 
third hour today brought to you by Surgery Center at Pelham, offering a lower cost option to avoid a stay at the hospital and the capability to go home the same day. Surgery Center at Pelham for athletes and active people online at newkneereplacement.com. That is newkneereplacement.com. 654-ROAR is our phone number. Can I talk some NBA now? Is that allowed? I know you don't want to hear it because your precious LeBron is doing what he likes to do a lot of times. Which is? Um, yeah, I, I just uh, yeah, I just want to hear the way this gets all pinned on him. <laughs> That's well because um, I'm going to agree with a lot of things. Well, that you, you know, say, Le- just probably not that train of thought. LeBron doesn't have anything else to prove. You know that, right? He told the media that last week. He, he's he's out of the business of proving people wrong. And I would agree with that. Okay, I'm just saying, but I mean, he let everybody know, so I found that to be somewhat interesting. Have you watched? I mean, are are you dialed in on the finals? I did not watch the fourth quarter of game number two because I already knew what was going to happen. Right. And I was really sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I Let me say this. In my Golden State opinion, and I've suggested <laughs> from the beginning of the playoffs that Golden State would be as dominant as they basically have been, but in my Golden State opinion, I don't think the finals are over. I, really? I, yeah, I don't. And okay. I, I, so let me start there because it was at this point last year when Golden State returned to Cleveland that a lot of people thought that the Warriors were going to run away with it then, and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it took some quirky things to, to go down to, to get it there. But in game three, back at Quicken Loans Arena, Cleveland jumped right out of the gate, never trailed, and blew Golden State out of the building. I would not be stunned if at some point in that in this series, if Cleveland wins, or if that happens again. Do I think they're going to be good enough to win more than a game at this point? Probably not. But all it takes is one game on your home floor to kind of turn the complexion of a series. And I wouldn't be stunned at all if in game three, Cleveland finds a way to steal one to kind of open up the door at least to make this thing competitive. Does that surprise you? No, and I agree with that. Their best opportunity to win a game, in my opinion, is game three. Right. It's what they did last year. Um, You know, I don't know what the likelihood of that is this year, but... Out of the remaining games, it's, to me, the most probable. Cleveland winning game three. I don't think they're going to get swept. And Golden State hasn't lost a game in these playoffs. And they face tremendous deficits. First round against Portland. Trailed by, I think, 23. Came back to win it. Other games that we've seen, 25-point deficits. They come back, they win it. So, I mean, the, the, the firepower with the big four have proven to be unbeatable. Their last 30 games, they're 29-1. and one. If you look at their total one-loss record this year, including the playoffs, I think they're 80 and 15. And last year they were, you know, about that same mark. I mean, I think they uh, they were 88 and maybe 20 or something along those lines as, as their uh, finals run concluded with not a championship. So they're playing at that very high level once mm-hmm. again. Steve Kerr is back. Steve Kerr had something very interesting to say earlier today. He was asked, where did the defensive mentality for this organization come from when you've got all this outstanding offensive talent on your roster. And he, without hesitation, he said it came from Mark Jackson. He instilled it before he left. How about that? That kind of blows your mind for a moment. Uh, but Kerr is now back. He's been operating behind the scenes for the last series or two. Now he's back on the sideline and the team responded I mean, Golden State's going to win. The question is not if, it's a question by how many games, even though I think Cleveland's probably going to win game three. 
I wish, honestly, these finals were more competitive. Because if it goes 4-1 Golden State, these playoffs, no matter how many people watch, are going to go down as the single most boring postseason in the history of all professional sports. Yeah. Because virtually everything's been a blowout. No, no competitive series, really. So I don't want it to be like that, but I'm, I'm afraid I think that's where this thing ends up. And LeBron James has got to be the most polarizing person on the planet this time of year, every single year. I mean, it just, he's not in the business of proving people wrong again. Okay, what are you in the business of? Losing more NBA final series than any other player in the history? Of the, you know, he's great, and I think he's the best player in the league right now. We're past all that nonsense, but just the little mouth stuff and not showing up at post-game press conferences and then pawning it off that he doesn't like it, you know, logistically how it's been set up. Stuff just gets under my skin when he starts playing those games, man. I, I, I don't like it. Lose, go back to Cleveland and regroup, and then we'll see what happens. And tell me I'm wrong, and that's fine, because I know you, you're well, a big fan. I get it. I, I'm a big fan. You are not a big fan, but step back for a moment and tell me the – LeBron James is the biggest story in these finals because he's not. No, he's I, not. I, I mean, there's a lot of other stories. Kevin Durant's the biggest story in these finals to me. Man, he is good. He's on. He's a phenomenal player to begin with, and he's on the next level now. And uh, you know, that's that's certainly a story. The way that Golden State, I mean, in a strange way, uh, the storyline might be now how good they really are if they were to sweep through the entire playoffs. How unheard of is it's that? It's never happened before. And and it's I you know, I didn't think that was I didn't think that was even a possibility. I admit that's a possibility. I would that's rather a possibility. Right, right. It is. No, it, it definitely is. I think to try to compare this organization now or last year when they won the seventy two regular season games without the championship trying to compare either one of these teams to the 96 Bulls that won all those games and the, the best of the Michael Jordan teams in that era. It's so hard to do because the game has changed a lot. So different. Yeah, more physical back then. It's, it's officiated a lot differently now. The bigger, faster, stronger concept, I would listen to that. You've got teams jacking up so many threes. So it's, it's really difficult to do. I'll put it to you this way. I, I don't know who would win a seven-game series between those two, and I don't really care. I would rather watch this Golden State team run its offense, play its version of its defense, to see Curry and Thompson do their thing, and now Kevin Durant, Draymond Green's barking like he's a 2017 version of Dennis Rodman. I would rather watch those cats do their thing than MJ and those great Bulls teams. It's just so much more interesting with how the ball moves around the court so easily and the three-point shot making. I mean, now it's in vogue in the NBA to pass up a layup for an open look from distance. And I, to me, I would rather watch that. And don't get me wrong. When the Rockets did it, four guys are standing around, Harden jacks up a triple with somebody in his grill. No, I don't enjoy that. That's not what Golden State is. I love watching Michael Jordan in his prime attack the rim, make game-winning shots, hand it off to scrubs like Will Purdue and Cliff Levingston and have those guys average a double-double, you know, in one NBA playoff series. It was fine. And it was entertaining then. Golden State and what they're doing now, to me, from an entertainment watchability standpoint, blows all that away. 
They could have scored 150 points the other night and nearly did if they wanted to. It's beautiful offensive basketball. It's beautiful shot making. And it's edgy. It's hip. It's fun to watch. It's all it's it's almost too far though. When you shoot that well from outside, when you know, when a team gets hot like Golden State can, you basically you're forced to play man to man defense still in the NBA. You have to defend so far out now, and then you have a seven foot guy like Kevin Durant who can take three steps from the foul from the three point line and be at the bat at the rim. The driving lanes are so wide open that there's 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 that lack of competition to to stop someone from getting to the rim. Um, I, I want to see a little more physicality. The, but what's happening in, in in these playoffs has been okay. You can get beat to death inside, and they don't call anything. Yeah. But but they call every touch foul from the outside. I hate that. And I cannot stand that. It's so. I mean, I get what you're saying, but it's almost shifted too far. Yeah, I I, I would agree. I loved the the you know the 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 Detroit bad boys. You know, they were almost too far the other way. The Knicks they, were they, too. Yeah, they just wanted to, they just wanted to beat you up. They didn't care if they won or lost. They just wanted to beat you up. They wanted you to bleed, and they didn't really care about much more at times. In in in, in that time, uh, the Bulls kind of you know they were really good defensive team, and and had the offensive weapons as well. Uh, the, to me, they're still that was still sort of the nice mix of both, and you know and you won't like this one, but I mean. The Miami Heat teams, they they had element, right. they had elements of all that though. I don't like that one. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Um, yeah, especially when Ray Allen was kind of doing his thing. On the text line, Joe and Greenville, are they the best team ever? The answer to that question is no. All right, I, they're probably not. The answer is no. But the caveat is, any other team you can come up with hmm. playing this bunch in a seven game series the best team you can come up with isn't going to want to have to deal with what they bring to the table. I mean, it's so no, I don't think they're the best team ever. I think they're the most fun team to watch ever. I think it is incredible to see Curry, Thompson, Durant, Green, and whatever scrub they pick off the bench that suddenly becomes a dynamic force at the rim. I think it's fun to watch. I think it's the most watchable team ever. I think it's the best team ever. But I think the best team ever wouldn't want to play this team in seven games, too. <laughs> it's just, it's just so, that's so subjective. It is. It is. It is. And, and really, it, there's... And you know what? They got to win this series first against LeBron. Yeah, I was going to say, we were having these same conversations two games in last year. We were. But I, I admit, I concede, it's this is different this year. Kevin Durant, it, it's not... This is not a... This is not the the trilogy matchup here. Kevin Durant changes everything. Think about this for a second, Joe. Let's say you want to go 96 Bulls and the 2017 Golden State Warriors. And think about some of the matchups that would be there. Uh, Initially, your big concern is what do you do with Kevin Durant? Nobody's guarding Bill Cartwright either. Cartwright wasn't playing in 96. (laughs) I know. Yeah, he wouldn't play in 96. but, But you still had some guys like a Tony Kukoc. You know, he was still, yeah, he was there. The guy that uh, that came in from Croatia mm-hmm. and, you know, was one of the first European threats in the league that a lot of people remember. 
uh, besides the late Drazen uh, Petrovich, I think was his, his name. He, he was killed in the car crash. But let's just think about the rosters for a second. And, and off the top of my head, who from that Bulls team would be able to guard Kevin Durant? Do you put Dennis Rodman on him? Ku coach, Scotty Pippen? Pippen was an all-defensive team player during his time with the Bulls. I mean, you, you, you do have some options there to try to slow him down. But really, with Golden State right now, that's only part of your concern. You got Michael Jordan at 6'6". You would think that 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 uh, Clay Thompson would probably try to defend him, who's an underrated defender. And Jordan maybe picks up him. Okay. I mean, Jordan would get the best of that matchup. I, I would think that Durant would get the best of either Pippen, Rodman, or Kukoc, whoever you try to put on him. If you put a Kukoc on him, he would, he would kill him. But it's interesting to think about it. So you, you would have Jordan over Thompson. You would have Durant over whoever. Steph Curry, maybe try to put Jordan on him at times, mm-hmm. neutralize the outside shot. But Curry's range is unlike anything Jordan's ever seen where he steps across half court. And if you don't have a, a, a hand literally in his nostrils, he's going to shoot it. A lot of times it's going in, especially right now. Steph Curry looks like the old Steph Curry, the MVP Steph Curry. And you got Draymond Green, who's kind of like a Rodman agitator himself. I would argue those Bulls teams were deeper but this Golden State squad is more explosive and is filled with better shooters. The Bulls were probably, at their heart and soul, better defensively, but Golden State's kind of underrated in, in many metrics defensively, too. Maybe you would say, well, MJ's just the best ever, and that's debatable. So he would neutralize some of Golden State, and I, you know, I would listen to that for a minute. You would have Phil Jackson against Steve Kerr, Zen Master versus a guy that played for the Zen Master. Yeah, he was on that team. Uh, so, I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know who would win. I, I think it would be compelling. The old school version of me would say I'd probably lean towards the Bulls in seven, but watching Golden State, could they contend with Golden State's outside shooting when they weren't used to that at all during that era? Tell I, me how. The no. I don't think they could. The other part of that is tell me how the game gets officiated. Exactly. You know, because 95-96 – Dennis Rodman would have been way undersized to play anybody, uh, any any power forward or small forward in today, especially Kevin well, Durant. I mean, no, but I think Rodman was probably what six seven. I mean, just an ad. I mean, he yeah, played six, just wild manner. Six seven, and he could he would beat up Kevin Durant, right? But I don't know that he could truly stop him. And and I think the answer on Kevin Durant, the way he's playing right now, is nobody stops him. I mean. I just look at John Sally was the backup to Dennis Rodman. Uh, good luck. <laughs> a Rodman Green one on one matchup would be something that I would have to see. <laughs> oh, in, in, I, I would in the square circle that. or on the basketball court? I mean, court. just just anywhere. Uh, just anywhere. I, I'm looking at the Bulls roster just to try to remember some of the other bigs that they had kind of coming in and out. Bill Wennington would get owned. He would have no business being on the floor in a seven game series against Golden State. Pippen at 6'8", and his length could be disruptive, perhaps, and could try to slow down Kevin Durant. Pippen was, uh, again, first-team all-NBA defensive team. So he was pretty stout. You had Luke Longley. He was a big that could run a little bit. Some beef at 7'2", 265. Tony Kukoc, Steve Kerr. So Kerr would be coaching against himself on the court. Ron Harper running points. He would try to D up Curry, I would think. And you just got a bunch of guys. You got a bunch of guys. James Edwards was on that team. He won those championships with the Pistons and then latched on 
with the Bulls. I do not remember that, looking at the Bulls roster in 1996. That was a really good defensive team. It but, was. But I wonder if... Would there even be a place for a Luke Longley type? No, I, and, and Bill Wennington, he wouldn't yeah. see the court. I don't think they would either. I don't. I don't think you could put them in there. Right. Now. The game when you look at that and start really thinking about ninety five, ninety six, you start realizing just how much the game has changed in twenty years. You really do. Horace Grant uh, was not on that. Was he? Was he already? He was already with the uh, Magic at that point. So Grant left the Bulls, went to the Magic. Horace Grant was not on that roster. Let me get one phone call and then more thoughts on this. 654-ROAR. Uh, David in Columbia wants to talk about it. Hey, David. Hey, Roy. Yeah, no, great conversation. You know, I think what would make it such a great matchup is when you talk about that Bulls team, you're talking, and you mentioned that they were all defense. Man, you could make the argument that you're talking about the greatest defensive two-guard in Jordan, the greatest defensive small forward in Pippen. Pippen. And if if not Pippen, then who are you going to say LeBron? Uh, but one of the top two, right? And then the probably the you're talking about rebounding and defense. Uh, nobody was better than Dennis Rodman, and you and the versatility. Uh, he was six seven. He was muscular. He was angular. He could run with anybody. Um, he was kind of herky jerky. Obviously on offense looked funny, but as far as his athleticism on defense, uh, that would be just a great matchup. Him and Draymond, as you mentioned, oh yeah, Pippen. Uh, you know, Kevin Durant and Pippen, um, as Ben said, how are you going to officiate this? Because Steph Curry, I'm sorry, if you played in the Knicks era, as you said, the bad boys, you know, Michael Jordan himself had to make a concerted effort to beef up and start lifting weights because of the beatings he was taking physically. Uh, I don't think Steph Curry could operate uh, with impunity the way he does now. Um but there's always the trade-off uh, as far as, you know, the, the Bulls were used to being able to get more handsy. And then the, the funny thing is, you know, when you talk about offensive flow, and I agree with you, man, Golden State is just so fun to watch. What would Jordan have been like if you couldn't hand-check him at the three-point line, if you couldn't keep your hand on his hip? Yeah. Or if you in the post, you remember during that three-peat, the, the second three-peat that you're talking about, 96, that's when he really started bullying people in the post and hitting that fadeaway, that turnaround. So if you couldn't put your elbow in his back uh, like they can now, or, or you know what I mean, like they could back then, uh, what would the Bulls' offensive flow? It, it would be fascinating, guys. The, the the running gun Golden State versus the triangle and the ball distribution uh, with the Zen Master. Um, I, I would love to see it, and I don't think you can really have a super strong opinion one way or the other just because – uh, the, the officiating, the eras were so different. Who would but you man, take? Was, Who would you fun. take in a seven-game series, David? And, and and let's, as best as we can, let's push the officiating to the side for a second. Who would you take just pound for pound, better organization, better coach team with the better players? Who would you take? I would honestly take the Bulls in seven. And I, I am someone that thinks Michael Jordan's the greatest. Uh, and... I watched him on the biggest stage. I watched him dominate people in the in the biggest moments, and I think he would accept the challenge. And to see, you know, you remember, I, I'm glad you keep bringing up defense because it's Pippen and Jordan. Do you remember the Doberman defense, they called it, where yeah. they would harass the ball handler up and down the floor with the full-court press? And obviously that you're not going to get away with that uh, versus Golden State. So that's why yeah. I say in seven. Um, but it would be fascinating, but I just think, uh, at the end of the day, as great as, as this 
uh, Dubs team is, I'm not going to bet against uh, the that 72 and 10 Bulls team that actually you know brought home the chip. It's a big deal and a big difference between the two. David, thank you. I, I'm with you. That that that's yeah. a good call and an educated call. I think I'd have to agree with that. It, yeah, he kind of talked me into that. I, I feel like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson would would crumble a little bit under the pressure of that kind of defense. I don't. Kevin Durant's game would be different than it is now. He wouldn't play as outs, outside as much as he does had he played 95, 96, 97 type range. Just, you know, he would have he'd been forced to be inside um, more than he is now. Yeah, I, I tend to think defense probably wins that battle. And then, you know, of course, you still have plenty of offense to go around. With the uh, with the Bulls too, and the Bulls the Bulls had such great role players in that well, in that they did. somebody always seemed to step up when you had to have them. They did. Uh, I I don't know that Winnington and Longley belong on the floor in a seven game series against a Golden State, but Rodman, no. Pippen, Kukoc, Kerr, Jordan, Harper. Uh, Judd Bushler is that how you pronounce his last name? Coming off yeah. the bench, I remember him from Arizona. I mean, that's, they were about nine deep, maybe not as deep as I remember, but I'm also discounting the fact that Winnington and Longley would be factors, and those would be two more to push them over 10. Yeah, B.J. Armstrong was was off that team. He, he was part of the first three-peat, not uh, the second three-peat for the Bulls, for those texting in his name. All right, back to wrap it up after this. You really don't need a special reason or a special occasion to shop at Reed's Jewelers. Simply put, anytime you step into Reed's, the award-winning staff will be sure you leave with a smile and what you came for. From diamonds for her to watches for him, Reed's has it. And to help you with your purchase, ask the Reed's team about their extended payment plans. Jewelry is about relationships that last a lifetime with your loved one and with your jeweler. Reed's Jewelers, online at reeds.com. In Haywood Mall, next to Belk. When you've been in business almost 100 years, you've been doing something right. Since 1917, the key to Harbin Lumber's success has rested on its hardworking employees, people just like you, providing top lumber, building supplies, and contract services. You can be confident in customer service and support you can trust for your project, whether construction or large remodeling jobs. Call 353-5053. Find us on Facebook or online at harbinlumber.com. If you need to rent it, rent it from Bennett. Now in their 18th year of business, Bennett Equipment is your premier source for equipment rentals, sales, and repair, including on-site. And thanks to you, Bennett Equipment will open a Seneca location by midsummer. They're the go-to dealer for link belt equipment and the largest scaffolding supplier around. Serving the upstate, western North Carolina, and northeastern Georgia. Online at BennettEquipment.net. If you need to rent it, rent it from Bennett. Roosters values those who have served our country and would like to invite all veterans to enjoy our veterans special now through the 10th of June. These deals include $10 off the gentleman's choice and $5 off the Roosters Club cut with verification of service. You have served us so fearlessly. Please allow us to serve you. Roosters Men's Grooming Center, located on 3935 Pelham Road in Greenville, South Carolina. Call us at 884-8920 for your next appointment. Summer's here, so before you put those toes in the water, the Pendleton Tire Company wants to make sure your tires are ready. The Cooper Tire Take the Money and Ride Summer event is going on right now through July 15th 
at the Pendleton Tire Company. Purchase four qualifying Cooper tires and get up to a $70 Visa prepaid card after submission. So come on by and see Joey Welburn and Zach Garrison or give them a call today at 646-3694 and check them out at PendletonTire.com. Do you need LED tube, flood, high bay, or canopy lights? Crute LED will pass on Duke Power rebates up front with a verification of your business's Duke Power bill. Online at CruteLED.com or in person at 109 Interstate Boulevard in Anderson, South Carolina. There's never been a better time to buy from George Coleman Ford, where cars cost less and travelers rest. Like a 2017 Escape S with sink and power equipment. 24645 MSRP. Sale price to George Coleman Ford for just $19,999 through June 30th. And remember, there are never any dealer fees at George Coleman Ford. Serving you for over 85 years and four generations. George Coleman Ford, for the ride of a lifetime. Vapor in a Bottle is now open at 7704 Augusta Road in Piedmont. Vapor in a Bottle carries name brand juices, but you must try their custom house blends. Vapor and a Bottle has weekly specials and ask about their free juice program. New at vaping? No problem. They have beginner kits and tanks from Smock, Wismac, and Segelli. Visit the new Premier Vape Shop in Piedmont at 7704 Augusta Road next to Tony's Pizza or call them at 631-2582. Vapor in a Bottle, 631-2582. Roy Philpott on WCCP. In fourth quarter's coming up from Death Valley. Second half is underway. Ten seconds, and it can't stop now. Nebraska's out of timeouts, and Clemson has indeed proved itself to be the number one team in all of college football. Here's the end of the game. Are we finished? Done. And now, back to Roy and Ben on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. And think about some of those matchups a little bit longer. I mean, you would probably take Scottie Pippen, first-team All-NBA defensive team, uh, a, a number of years, probably the majority of his career, and you would put him on Kevin Durant on a couple of possessions. And, and then you would probably bring the worm, a.k.a. Dennis Rodman, uh-huh. to try to disrupt him as well uh, because you got six seven and six eight. Rodman was actually a little shorter than Scottie Pippen, about an inch or so shorter. You could rotate those two, run them at Kevin Durant, and see what worked, if anything. I mean, they would have never have seen a player quite like Kevin Durant, I would argue, but certainly they were athletic enough and smart enough and irritating enough, in Robin's case, uh, to, to maybe disrupt some things in a seven-game uh, game series against the 2017 Golden State Warriors. The one thing you could do, though, if you couldn't stop Kevin Durant, the Bulls could at least make them one-dimensional. And and because I really, I don't think Steph Curry, I don't think Steph Curry, I think he's a totally different player playing that kind of a defensive team in that era. I don't, I well, don't think he's, I don't think we even, he's even a household name. I'm to be completely honest I, with you. You could, you could understand why, because in that era of physicality and, and where defense was more prominent, that would neutralize right. his whole act, for lack of a better expression. Uh, Walt reminded me, I had to ask him, because I forgot about uh, the defensive ability of Ron Harper. Like Pippen and like Jordan, he was also a first-team All-NBA defensive team member. So you had four players 
in the starting five of the 96 Bulls that at some point in their career, if not for the majority of their career, were on the all-defensive team in the association. So that that's the kind of defensive excellence you would have with that roster. And that's one of the reasons they won the 72 games. Mm-hmm. So you would think that Harper could match up against Curry. That would be interesting. Uh, Kerr, you know, Steve Kerr is a sharpshooter and, and coming off the bench, you know, you'd have to figure something out there from a Golden State perspective. I guess you could put, you know, Thompson or Curry on him. Uh, Jordan and Clay Thompson, I think, would be interesting because Thomas, Thompson's actually a pretty good defensive player. I mean, Jordan's going to get his, but uh-huh. and then you know, Jordan defensively could probably do a pretty good job of slowing down Thompson, I would think. And then Draymond Green would get some of Dennis Rodman. Uh, Tony Kukoc would probably get destroyed by Draymond uh, often, and you know, Kukoc would launch a bunch of triples and do his thing. And then down low where you got uh, Zaza Pachulia and you've got uh, JaVale McGee coming off the bench for Golden State. You know, I don't know how Luke Longley would do matching up with the, with, with that kind of talent. I mean, Longley and, and Zaza would probably be a, a wash. But with McGee, uh, he presents more problems attacking the rim. And then Sean Livingston is a nice role player for Golden State. And you've got others with the Warriors. So I, those matchups are, are very intriguing to me. How about on the other end of the court? Who on Golden State's team is going to guard Michael Jordan? I mean, Thompson, who's going to guard? I mean, who's going to guard Scottie Pippen? I, I mean, I. Well, I mean, Clay Thompson would have to try to defend. Jordan. Oh, please! I mean, I know. Yeah, I mean, he's a good defender. He's a good defender, but Jordan would would win that battle. No, yeah. I get it. Um. And I mean, who, Pippen, who's Kevin? I mean, you put Durant on Pippen, and I think if you're the Bulls, right. that's where you try to exploit him. Yeah, I, I think you'd have to. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting conversation. I mean, and then even even the Ron Harper yeah. slash Steve Kerr, yeah, uh, or or however however you want to play that, yeah. I mean, there's I, that's it's not there's there's mismatches there too. Yeah, six five four seven six two seven. Ray Ray's up with us next. Hey, Ray Ray. Right, couldn't none of them run with the eight, uh, Lakers of the eighties, but that's not why I call. <laughs> I got a quick question and i don't know if you could do this if it's against some kind of rules or whatever but when the hater hotline comes back <laughs> do you think you could include jake bentley's call of clemson not better than us i'll listen off air thanks yes ray ray i'm sure that that will be included in the very next hater hotline there was a jake bentley dude that showed up at doug kingsmore did you hear about this oh i saw the photos i had a friend okay. sitting about three rows behind him I-, I didn't know what was happening but we're in between one of the innings and all of a sudden, there's a Clemson fan just right of our broadcast position at Doug Kingsmore that starts bad-mouthing Jake Bentley. And it carried over into an inning. <laughs> and so I, I, I want to say it was the Vanderbilt-Clemson game, maybe the very first one. And, and so Vanderbilt won that one. Was it like 9-4? to four? And, and like halfway through, it was 7 nothing Vandy. And all of a sudden, this guy starts bad-mouthing Jake Bentley. I'm kind of looking over like, where is this coming from? And I thought he was talking to the guy up at the plate. And so he starts spatting out all these stats and different things. I didn't realize until like two hours later, there was a guy that showed up at the ballpark wearing a Jake Bentley jersey. The problem is, he looked like he was like a 14-year-old kid, though. Oh, was he? He was. A, oh, I didn't know that. He was a large kid. Okay, I, I didn't know that. But I was, yeah, I saw the, saw the photo. 
Uh, yeah, I'm looking at looking at it right now. As a matter of fact, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a young. He's 14, 15. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm guessing, but sitting on the front row of the uh, above the the main walkway there, uh, right in the aisle in Clemson, wearing a number four Jake Bentley jersey. I mean, you probably had to exercise a little better judgment. Free country, you can do what you want. Didn't realize he was that young. That probably makes a difference there. But, yeah, we'll put it on the hotline. On the text line, 986-1566, Matt in a big brown truck. Is Kerr coaching or on the court? Both. I mean, in this la-la land scenario we're talking about, Steve Kerr would be coaching Golden State against himself as a player. Kerr was instrumental in those Bulls' runs because if he had an open look, it was going in. Remember, when Steve Kerr was playing at Arizona, he shot 60% from the three-point line one year. And every time he'd make a three, the whole crowd would shit. Steve Kerr. Everybody would go crazy down in Tucson. So uh, he would, Matt, in a big brown truck, be coaching against himself as a player. So, I mean, we're, we're taking the best of all worlds there in, in this matchup. I mean, the easy way to frame it is this. If the Bulls and Warriors played a seven-game series by today's rules, I would go with Golden State. If the Bulls-Warriors played by the mid-'90s rules and how the game was officiated then, I would go with Chicago. If you're going to push me on it and say, let's try to not think about that, as difficult as it is, pound for pound, player for player, who would you side with? A slight edge to MJ and the Bulls, in my opinion. Yeah, and so very slight. This is just what we do now. When a team, somebody in sports is doing well, we want to automatically say, "Is this the best ever?" And it goes not State a, is not a perfect team. They are not the best ever this year. Yeah, they, they or last. Even uh, Ray Ray brought up Ray Ray brought up the 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 you know mid Lakers of the mid eighties. Lakers of the mid eighties. I, in my opinion, beat them to death too. I mean, Kareem and Magic and Worthy, Worthy and I mean, even guys like Michael Cooper and Coop. Man, that guy came off the bench, was a defensive stopper, could drain the exactly. three. Exactly. I, I don't. I, I don't know. Byron I, Scott by any rules. Kurt Rambis. And I mean, I'm just. I'm not. I'm really not hating on Golden State as much as by any rules. I. I just kind of think those those teams have their way with Golden State. You know, but then again, Gold State is going to have those moments where they shoot lights out, and we have not seen. That's one thing about them. Even though they've won these first two games comfortably, they've been flawed in both games. Mm-hmm. Uh, in game one, missed a lot of shots. In game two, a lot of turnovers, and they're still scoring 130 points. Yeah. I mean, when they put it all together, they might score 150 in a game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that'll do it for us today. Walt up to the Row Rage coming up next. Back with you tomorrow, beginning at 12.05. We very much look forward to that. Game three tomorrow night, I believe. Uh, it's not tonight, so we still have some time to preview that one coming up on tomorrow's show as well. We'll also be joined by our good friend Daniel Shirley, our normal Wednesday conversation. So we look forward to catching up with Shizzle at that point in time 